Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Songa Zumabekwe on SAFM. 104 to 107 nationwide. We are leading the conversation, and what a conversation it was in the first hour. We were having a conversation with Joseph Leshabane, the Deputy Director General responsible for programs and projects in the Department of Human Settlements, as well as Edward Mulopi, commun- Community Research and Advocacy Officer at SERI. That's the Socioeconomic Rights Institute of South Africa. Specifically, we were talking about apartheid spatial planning and its impact on the labor force. It was not supposed to go for that long, but can you ever curtail a discussion about land in South Africa, especially at this very critical juncture? That said, that first hour has come and gone. Now we enter the phase of the African narrative, and this is a time for us to celebrate the achievements of Africa. Albeit, it might sound very paradoxical when I talk about the fact that we are now looking at the Rwandan genocide 25 years since the genocide of 1994. How has the country managed to move up? But for most accounts, anything and everything you hear these days certainly about Rwanda is very progressive. To join us is His Excellency Vincent Karega, the Rwandan High Commissioner to South Africa. His Excellency, good day, good evening. How are you? Good evening. How are you? I couldn't be better, so how are, you? how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Let's just tell the listeners why you are not in studio. I understand you are having a good time by the coast somewhere, or is that a lie? Did my producer tell me a lie? I'm in Cape Town where I came to you join see? my community to commemorate, and I stayed behind because there are other um, opportunities to market Rwanda tourism in some events to take place here. Absolutely. And we will talk about Rwanda and specifically the tourism sector and its booming economy and all the wonderful things we have since learned about the country and continue to discover about Rwanda. But you are there to commemorate the genocide 25 years on, and I think it's only appropriate from everybody here at SAFM just to send our commiserations to the people of Rwanda. It is not something we will ever forget as a people here, and I dare say the African continent at large and for most parts the international community. But this happened in 1994, and in just about 100 days, 800,000 people lost their lives. Just tell us, what was happening in 1994 in Rwanda? Actually, uh, that was the culmination of a very wrong political ideology that started with uh, the uh, divide and rule established by the colonials to run Rwanda because the kingdom of Rwanda resisted very harshly uh, colonialism. And uh, once the colonial people um, entered the country, they made sure that the United People, the United Army of Rwanda, was divided and split into artificial ethnic groups People like talking about Hutus and Tutsis are very different opposing uh, ethnic groups in Rwanda, but they forget these two lived together for centuries in harmony until the colonial people came. And they forget that uh, both Tutsis and Hutus, including Tuas, all speak one language, Kinyarwanda, mm-hmm. and we are all blacks 
and we share a common culture. But what happens with the extension of the colonial politics, opportunistic politicians who failed to reunite the people after independence do continue to preach hatred and uh, created uh, mass exodus of Tutsis uh, uh, outside of uh, Rwanda for uh, many years. And then when the liberation movement led by President Kagame was uh, coming back to Rwanda, then the response was genocide instead of uh, embracing the returning Rwandans in harmony. But the response was to almost wipe out Before I proceed with the success story that has become of the genocide, can you, without getting into too much detail, because I can very much anticipate that it may very well be something which causes everybody emotion, certainly one who is Rwandan. Sure. 1994, okay, we are now at this culmination point where there Mm -hmm. is just effectively chaos. What was it like? Sure. Can you recall what were your experiences to the extent that you're comfortable talking about them? A million people dead, meaning uh, a lot of orphans without parents, a lot of widows without husbands, trauma, extreme poverty, and then two million people pushed out of Rwanda by the, uh, um, the regime that was defeated uh, to use them later as a shield in reattacking the liberation movement that took over. It was chaotic, it was displacement, it was uh, tears and blood, and I don't know how to explain it. It was just like the end of the world. And for most parts it was the end of the world, for 800,000 people, nearly a million. And what is unfortunate, certainly from a South Africa perspective, is... South Africans couldn't really pay too much attention to it because we were gripped with something that could easily have been just that here in 1994. Fortunately, we had elections that year, but in 1993 with the killing of Chris Hani, it could quite easily have been that culmination point when the president of Rwanda at that time was killed. The equivalent for South Africa a year before could have easily have been Chris Hani, and the effects could have been just as tragic. We can't blame South Africa. It was getting born exactly in April. I was here in South Africa by then. I remember the killing of Chris Fanny. I remember the tough uh, discussion in Kempton Park. I also remember the celebrations uh, that were so unexpected that uh, President Mandela will take over from the uh, apartheid regime. So there was no way South Africa could play a role before uh, the new rainbow nation got into existence. It was also being born. On that point, we are also joined by Professor Bongani Majola. He is the current chairperson of the South African Human Rights Commission and the previous assistant secretary general of the United Nations International Criminal Tribunal for Rwanda. Professor Majola, I suppose you did a lot of work in this and there are so many memories you might have, some of which are very emotional. Do you want to take us through that, please, in a two or three minutes? Yeah, yeah, uh, good evening. Uh, good evening. Um, um, Good evening to you and to your to your listeners. 
Yes, the the Rwandan tragedy was a very sad one, and yes, there are many there are many memories that uh, you know one um, uh, horrible memories that one has. Of course, you know if you when when one visited uh, the the massacre sites, uh, one saw um, the scars um, of. Uh, more or less, maybe two-year-old babies, uh, you know, um, had almost in half, um, you know, uh, elderly and so on. Just, just tragic. Um, and going to Morambi, um, um, the same thing, the shocking uh, number of skulls that you found there. But also. During the prosecution, when you, you heard the testimony of, of what was done, um, it, it, it just beat you. Um, uh, you. You come from a, a background where, you know, churches protect uh, people and they try to preserve life, only to hear evidence of, of priests who invited people to come and hide in their churches only to wait until they are full and then call the soldiers in the interim to come and just massacre everybody. One priest even went and, and got a bulldozer to bulldoze the walls of the church uh, onto the, the Tutsi um, uh, people who were hiding in there, hoping that the church was a safe uh, place for them. I can't imagine that somebody who is listening might not have an idea as to the carnage and chaos that might have been taking place at the time in Rwanda. And if you don't, there are many opportunities to find something on YouTube. We'll be back right after the break to talk more about Rwandan genocide 25 years on and the success story that this great African state is. Stay tuned. April the 2nd was a bad day in the office for Fulham after losing 4-1 to Watford. Now the Cottagers will play for pride this Saturday in the Premier League match of the week against Everton. It's quite easy when you're playing a football match against a world-class team to play back to front really quick and not see the ball. The Dogs of War Everton will have to prove that their bite is bigger than their bark in search for maximum points to move up from the middle of the table. Catch the Cottagers, Fulham, up against Everton this Saturday live on SABC3 at 3.30pm. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sports for the love of the game. Keep up with South African and international red carpet celebrity fashion. A scoop of the latest gossip and the trendiest entertainment scenes to be seen. Join Kanye Mbao every Thursday night for the scoop at 8.30pm only on SABC3. The Department of Rural Development and Land Reform will host a National Spatial Development Framework, Indaba, in Gauteng. The Indaba seeks to raise awareness regarding the National Spatial Development Framework as a transformative tool to deal with the triple challenge of poverty, unemployment and inequality by bringing key stakeholders from the various sectors of society together to share knowledge and exchange learning. In addition, the Indaba will... update stakeholders on the NSDF progress, share work done with regard to the development of the NSDF, utilize the platform as part of the consultation process required in terms of the Act, and solicit inputs from leaders within CBOs, NGOs, and the private sector. The NSDF in Dabo is scheduled to take place on Friday the 12th of April, that is this coming Friday, at the Gallagher Convention Center in Midrand from 10 a.m. You are with Songa Zomabekwe on SAFM. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m.
turning conventional wisdom on its head. On the viewpoint. Leading the conversation, give us your calls on 0891-104-207. In studio is His Excellency Vincent Karega, the Rwandan High Commissioner to South Africa, talking about the Rwandan genocide 25 years on and how the country has managed to move on. Also in studio is the South African Human Rights Commission Chairperson and a previous Assistant Secretary General to the, to the United Nations International Criminal Tribunal for Rwanda, Professor Bongani Majola. Professor Majola, just going back to you, specifically with regard to the work, what was the mandate of the ICTR and what were the major findings and outcomes there? Hello. Hello. I'm yes, asking Professor the, Majola, the, the, the did you get the question? The ICTR was actually... Um, to prosecute um, and punish those who bore the highest responsibility for the Rwandan genocide of 1994. Um, We were not to make findings uh, which are different from the findings that are made by a a criminal trial court. And so the findings uh, were that some of of the people that were prosecuted were guilty of genocide. Some got um, uh, very... sentences, change sentences, um, you know, including uh, life imprisonment. Uh, we didn't have jurisdiction to impose the death penalty, unfortunately. But um, that was our mandate. We, we were not uh, mandated to uh, write a history of the genocide, and so we did not write the history of the genocide. His Excellency Karega, Rwanda is a very different society now than it was this time 25 years ago and a consistent feature of this story as it has unfolded for the 25 years we're talking about is president paul kagami briefly he is your political principal and you would probably know best about his political legacy in shaping the society that we're going to talk about that is doing so well for africa sure yeah um uh, I didn't hear very well the question. I'm just basically asking the legacy of 25 years in what is a post-genocide Rwanda. A consistent of it all is President Paul Kagame because he took over immediately thereafter and he's still in power now. Sure. What yeah. is the legacy that he has certainly entrenched in terms of making sure Rwanda 1994 doesn't happen again in terms of establishing systems and building social cohesion that advances humanity as opposed to threaten it to the extent that it may lead to a 1994? First, restoring uh, as quick as possible security that was lacking. Then number two, um, fostering unity and reconciliation through creation of institutions and platforms of dialogue that culminated into the creation of our vision a common vision with common purpose by all sections of population in the leadership of Rwanda. And then uh, um, borrowing from our traditions and culture, a way of dealing with justice and reconciliation at the same time, and not retaliation, no revenge, but uh, justice that is linked to reconciliation known as uh, Gachacha processes. Uh, when that uh, foundation solid base was put up, and then a clear roadmap for economic transformation 
uh, ended fighting the extreme poverty that uh, was uh, affecting Rwanda for uh, generations, and also looking into uh, um, totally transforming the economy so that it shifts from um, a traditional uh, subsistence economy into knowledge economy, meaning building institutions, building human capital, and also opening up uh, borders and making it easy um, to do business. Um, domestically or by foreigners, and that's what has led to the um, consistent growth of uh, averaging uh, 7% for the last uh, more than 15 years now. That's a remarkable story, given the fact that most of Africa is not nearly as successful as Rwanda is. But let's talk before we get into the socio-economic, I mean, the economic developments. Very quickly, I'm quite enthralled by the Katacha courts system. It heard and settled close to 2 million cases between 1994 to the time the Gachacha courts were disbanded in June of 2012. How do you settle nearly 2 million disputes in such a short space of time? And which is more, have such a stable and accessible and certain rule of law? How does that happen? Instead of going into the classical important uh, judiciary system, we made villages becoming court, where all villagers sit together after electing uh, reliable and trustworthy men and women to be the judges. And then they listen to the story, to the narrative, who saw what, who had what, who did what, confessions, forgiveness, and also uh, condemnations and uh, punishment. Uh, The Gatata Courts is uh, a traditional practice, but this time it was uh, legislated by some minimum uh, rules and regulations and uh, supervision by the uh, judiciary system of the country. So it worked very well because it was based on truth, it was based on uh, community choices, with the aim and the view to face the truth, to discuss about it, and also to look into the future of the country, not just punishing uh, uh, the culprit, but also looking into the future, not associating children with the parents' uh, deeds, or not uh, sidelining a whole ethnic group because uh, uh, one ethnic group was... uh, the the target. So we had to do a lot of balance, a lot of culture, even religious um, movement intervened. Everyone who had an input in a positive direction played a role uh, in making the church a successful story and a unique uh, homegrown solution for Rwanda. Sure. Quick question from Ben in Soweto. Before the name Rwanda, what was the colonial name? Rwanda has always been Rwanda. We have never accepted uh, any imported uh, name. And Rwanda means for the Rwandan, the universe, because our ancestors did not know anything else than Rwanda. They thought Rwanda was the beginning and the end of the world. Excellent. But Rwanda, even though it's a small country, but for our ancestors, it is the world, the universe. I love that. Final thoughts from you, His Excellency, Ambassador to South Africa, Mr. Vincent Karega. 
the economic outlook for Rwanda is incredibly impressive. You are the ambassador to South Africa. There is a business person who is listening. There's a business person who is enthralled, excited, interested. Let's talk briefly about economic partnerships that are available across the two countries and, more importantly, opportunities in Rwanda for South Africans. We have a lot happening in the tourism sector. We have one and only in Rwanda. We have uh, Marriott in Rwanda that is a partner to uh, Otia. We have um, MTN. We have uh, uh, the cement PPC Pretoria that is in Rwanda. We also have individuals of Africans on consultancy. And uh, recently, tea and coffee from Rwanda is coming into South Africa. I'm told cut flowers will be coming soon. And definitely the assembled laptops and uh, telephones in Rwanda and government may also uh, come into the South African market. So South Africa is uh, uh, a great uh, partner of Rwanda in many ways. And uh, we need to see more and more may happen. And we, can, we have a lot to learn from each other. Most there certainly. Different economies that they can uh, feed into each other. Thank you so much. That was the Ambassador Vincent Karega, Ambassador to South Africa from Rwanda, telling us about the success story that has become of Rwanda 25 years after its genocide in 1994. Professor Majola, finally from you, what was your involvement, if any, in the Kachacha court system and to the extent it is feasible and possible and consistent with African traditions of dispute settlement? What of that that which you saw there can be imported, almost lift and drop in South Africa? Because our theme of the Constitution, certainly, and its emblem is justice under a tree. And that's what Mr. Karega spoke about. What, from from a South African perspective, might we emulate? Professor Majola, are you there? Yes. Um, I'll mandate, as, as I already said, was that we, we, we were to prosecute people in the ordinary, uh, I wouldn't say traditional, but in the traditional sense of prosecuting, but we were doing this at an international level. And we were to prosecute the leaders. The Kachacha uh, court was to prosecute those people that were neither um, uh, appearing before us because the crimes they committed were below the level, uh, you know, uh, that we were interested in, uh, or who were um, not um, falling within the categories, uh, you know, I think it's category A or one, I don't remember now, that the, the ordinary traditional, the ordinary um, civil courts of Rwanda were, 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 were prosecuting like murder, rape, and, and so on. Um, so there were those uh, crimes that were of a lower rank than that. They were prosecuting that. So our involvement with Gachacha um, was an indirect one in the sense that Gachacha provided us with some of the evidence that we needed, uh, or it pointed uh, uh, us uh, towards some of the witnesses that we needed in order to prosecute the cases at an, at an upper level. Because sometimes a person would go to Gachacha and make a confession and then say, and so and so also did this or encouraged us to do that and whatever and so on. And we were able to get some of those witnesses to come and, and, and help us. But we didn't have a direct uh, relationship with Kachacha. But sometimes <clears throat> um, the, the Kachacha court.
courts uh, people themselves would need information from us. So there was that um, limited sharing of information. Sure, I appreciate that. Final thoughts in terms of how South Africa might implement any part of Gachacha in our own traditional <coughs> courts and in justice well, generally? Gachacha for South Africa, it gives us a, a very good lesson because we are a very violent society and we uh, believe very quickly in settling uh, conflict through violence. And so many people die. Even in the household, you find husbands uh, beating up and killing their wives because, you know, we just like violence. Gachaka says that, you know, even if a person has done the the, the, the most um, uh, horrific crime, there is still an opportunity that you can sit down with them. If they confess, you can talk about it and, and reach continuation because then thereafter there will be peace. The lesson that we learn is that if we can learn to sit down and, and reconcile ourselves and discuss our differences, uh, there will be peace and then there will be no need for revenge and counter uh, revenge and, and so on. That's, that's the lesson that I think we should take from the Kachacha. And there's so much more to discuss. Unfortunately, Itlesha, Litkachwe Yinja, Inene, Itlesha, Luchaba, that was Professor Bongani Majola, Chairperson of the South African Human Rights Commission. He was also joined in studio by His Excellency Vincent Karega, the Rwandan Ambassador to South Africa. It's now 29 after 9.